Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.mcgaugh, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow Brand Podcast. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. Knowing how the human brain connects through experience in the physical, digital, and virtual worlds is the key to design success, says my next guest, Natasha Rapset. Natasha is part of a growing group of experienced designers take a mindfulness approach in their design projects. Is the desired product or service inclusive, accessible, and usable across a well-defined user audience? Are we creating a mindful, multi-dimensional experience? Design is not just visual and aesthetic, says Natasha. It has to be creative and authentic and includes the human factors that take in the most important qualitative factors. Data research and understanding the audience are the keys to designing for success. How is the user going to feel about your product or service? Who is the learner? Is the final design intercultural, adaptable, trusting and reflective and how does it all fit together and deliver impact creating the ways that are mindful of filling in the gaps with human factors and environmental and understanding how to create solutions that make sense add value and are useful to the community in the nari creative brand experience natasha is an entrepreneur strategic designer, advisor, XR strategist, and combat veteran with over 17 years of experience in diverse industries and sectors centered around learning, design, leadership, analysis, and technology. Extensive world travel and experience in various communities sparked a deep interest in Natasha to unlock human potential at the intersection of humanity, technology, and the environment. She is an advocate for what she coins as mindful design for the future, which encourages awareness, fluency, 
and commitment to excellence with inclusion, sustainability, and responsible design best practices with immersive and emerging technologies both inside and outside of the metaverse. She is also the founder and CEO of Nara Creative LLC, a strategic design and advisory firm supporting businesses and organizations by building inclusive strategy, experiences, and creative works to enhance adaptation and resilience to rapid changes with technology and innovation. Let us welcome Natasha Rapset to the Follow the Brand podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great week on the Follow the Brand podcast. We're going to take another deep dive into the world of experience. We're going to talk to an experienced designer by the name of Natasha Rapsat. I, 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 I've talked to her numerous times, and every time I talk to her, I come away enlightened. I learn something new every single time. She's in a world that I find very, very intriguing, and I want her to be able to share that world with all of you is about what she's doing because she's very multifaceted, and I call her a worldwide traveler uh, when it comes to the design, art, digital, music, a lot of different things, and you'll get to know her a little bit more just like I have. So i like to bring her up. Let's get her introduced and just have a conversation. Would you like to do that, Natasha? Yes, and thanks, Grant, uh, for having me on here. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. So the first thing, and we're going to just jump right into a discussion because this is the thing that, you know, you describe yourself as a designer, an experienced designer, experienced designer, which for me, that just, my mind goes, what is that? How do you define yourself in that respect? Well, I would say experienced design is something that sort of more collectively defines what it is I do, but I am very multidisciplinary. Experience design is really about the quality of uh, the user experience. That person who will be using a product or service um, and, and really with experience, it's about all these other dimensions of uh, uh, usability, accessibility, inclusivity, the, the whole spectrum of what actually makes up design. It's not just about the aesthetic or visual product. And many times when we're talking about design, uh, many people automatically think first of that aesthetic product or that physical product, this shirt that I bought, this, this uh, device that I purchased. But really, there are so many different layers behind that product and or design before it's put out. Uh, to mass market in, in many cases. And so my career in, in terms of design has been very multidimensional. I started out really in instructional design and many people may be familiar with that term, but, but really that's about this really science of learning, how the brain works, learning strategies to create meaningful learning experiences. And so I started in that, it sort of evolved into learning experience design, which is adding that sort of experience layer onto it, really user focus to be product focus. Um, and then 
with that, there's multimedia development, um, visual design, and more pieces. So over time, I've basically started in this little area, and it's really expanded. And so experience design more captures what it is that I do. Um, but but really and truly, it's really multidisciplinary design. So I'm a multidisciplinary designer. I call it experience design for more common understanding. But we're on the I, I, qualitative side of things a lot of times. And then there's the building. There's You can get into some of the development as well, but it's the layers before that. The layers product. before that. I think that captured my attention. The layers before that. So if I... No, I come into your office and I, I'm looking at uh, you know, putting together some kind of design or some kind of project. It's a project, right? And if I understand right, you're, you're, because th- this is what happens, you know, be myself. I come into your office, I sit down and you say, all right, Grant, tell me about your design. And I put this lump of coal on your desk and said, okay, I want, <laughs> I want this to be, you know, a fantastic, beautiful now, present, you know, once I'm said and done, but you've got to now get the vision out of me to really begin to sculpt that lump of coal into an experience in which that is what I'm seeing and trying to bring that out. So you you really understand that abstract design and try to make it into something that's more cohesive uh, for for from an experience standpoint right customer experience painting experience all kinds of experiences is that is that correct yes you can look at it that way um a lot of it also hinges strongly on user research and understanding the audience because the question is when we are delivering an experience regardless of what the format is the question is how is the user going to feel with this product and or service and or service um, but but really is who is that customer? Who is that user? Who is that learner? There's so many different, uh, across these design disciplines, there are different terms, but they sort of attach to the same concept of there is an audience out there. There's a population that you are creating for, and we really need to know who they are, what their goals, motivations, what, what, they're, what they want. And then we hone into that and 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 really then start unpacking those layers. And a lot of these things are qualitative. Sometimes clients are like, this is what I want, but they're really asking for something else. So in this conversation, we really have to understand what the ask is and then really dig into that content. Sometimes they come with content and sometimes we're helping them with creating content and streamlining the language, ensuring we know who we're packaging this this product and or service for. And we kind of just go along this way, but we do have to know it starts with research. It starts with ideas. What what are we trying to do and accomplish with, with this design? I, I totally agree with you that no matter what you're doing, whether it's a technical design or some kind of you know physical design or just something very, very simple, it still starts at um, what are you trying to accomplish, and and then the, how we get there, and then all the different users, uh, people that are impacted. Uh, what what does that look like, and how can we get this done? So, and, and I know a lot of people that are interested because I've come across, especially young people, 
wanting to pursue a career similar to yours. They're not, maybe they're maybe a little intimidated. Maybe they're coming for, you know what? I'm into graphic design. Maybe that's something I could I could work with. Or I'm an artist. I want to get into it, you know, from that standpoint. Or, you know, I'm very good on user experience just from a gaming perspective. Maybe that would be. But from your perspective, what advice would you give somebody that would pursue a career similar to yours? I would say first and foremost, it's really important to sort of be true to yourself. And really understanding that not all careers have to be linear. And and regardless of where you start, you see that as an entry point. So maybe your entry point is graphic design. And and graphic design may eventually turn into more visual, uh, visual or experience design. It is visual design, but um, you can really look at all of these different experiences as not apart from the other. So basically your entry point is just how you started and then you want to sort of fill your total experience with different things that you're interested in. So some of these multidisciplinary careers, I've been in so many different sectors and industries and for a while I felt like this doesn't really go with this, right? But actually, at this point, I feel that it's actually been very helpful for for me. I I felt that you just learn so much, so many different things in other industries and sectors, different roles. I started in analysis and and counterterrorism, and it's evolved into into design as we know it. I turned into a lot of technology um, and, and digital design, and now we're talking about the metaverse. So I would say if you want a career that's similar to mine, I think really it is multidisciplinary and embracing all of these different levels of knowledge and they come in different industries, different sectors. So that's where I would start, but I would be intentional about what you're learning and then trying to find how they connect because sometimes we're doing this or we're doing that and you're like, I don't see the bridge. But there is, I think most of the times there is a bridge. It's really how you embrace that perspective and leverage that perspective in whatever you're doing. You know, that that's very good understanding. Because um, you can, and I've seen that in, in, in many different people that they approach it from a lot of different angles. You, you brought up the metaverse And if you look at a lot of people that are involved in the metaverse now, they're coming at it from a lot of different disciplines, whether it's from a, you know, you're a UX designer, you are a, and that means user experience designer, or you're an extended reality, you know, designer. That's just one aspect of what we're really talking about. Because at the end of the day, we're still talking about people and we're talking about brands, right? So, but that said, how would you define your brand and how has it propelled your career? So I would say my brand is really focused on authenticity because I think there's just so many things that we see in this world. And I try to speak from the heart. Um, I really believe in helping other people. And so I definitely do everything that I can to to support that. 
I'm also a world traveler. And so I see my brand as also global and a little bit international as well. Intercultural, really being able to adapt anywhere in the world. And one of the things I really love about that travel is, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like you, when you go to another country, you go to another community that you haven't been to before, you have to trust that population. You have to trust people. And one of the things is that people are very, I think, welcoming. Um, and and so I really, I really love that. And I and I think that in terms of being able to adapt and 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 be understood in, in another culture, whether you know the language or the customs, is really important. And, and that's something I really feel is important to my brand. Um, in addition, it, I would also say really value creativity and research. So there's that that um, balance between the the theory and the science and creativity and innovation. And then the other and the last part, which I think is one of my biggest values that I add into the larger ecosystem, is just I'm very reflective. It's my my brand is reflective. Really thinking deeply about all of these experiences and connections and people and how all of this fits in into a digital world and and even outside of the digital world in the physical world and then how this is sustainable how this is useful how we are planning not just for today but for tomorrow and all of those are important facets and i think that's i love when you say that and the reason i say that because as we look at our current experience and I'm saying web 2.0, meaning and social networks, right? Social media. And we look at how brands and these large tech companies, let's say the, the Googles, the, the Apples and, and, and the like that are out there, and they are accepting the data that has been given to them from different sources. But I still believe that, that the sources of their information is still not, uh, it's a subset of the whole so we want to make sure that we're inclusive, that we're diverse, and that as we start this trek into what we call the metaverse, which is really, you know, an interconnected three-dimensional uh, experience, and it could be two-dimensional, three-dimensional, four-dimensional, depending on what it is uh, that you're experiencing, you know, so if it could be totally immersed. But if you're going to start to immerse a culture into a digital platform, you know, what are those things that you see and what do you, you know, what are the problems that you think are bigger than you? Because this is bigger than both of us that we just talked about. Are you passionate about solving with your skills? This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, 
positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. So I think in the world there are, there's, I, I, I perceive that there is an area of gap between how to create in ways that are mindful and really bridge that gap between the theory and the application of design. And I think that communities, communities are at different levels of access. They may have different infrastructure to support these types of experiences or not, right? Especially um, communities around the world that have, especially like very mountainous terrain, sometimes it's harder to have basic infrastructure uh, internet and things like that. It's not as reliable in those areas. So there are all of these facets. There's environmental facets. There's social um, implications. There are cultural norms. Some communities um, do not have the same, uh, or they have different levels of appreciation when it comes to technology, and that could be cultural. Um, and then there are the human factors as well. Are the communities, what, what, what are the beliefs and values of people in those communities? Um, how diverse communities are? All of these things go into how we actually create an experience. I, I generally tend to say adding the colors and the visual aesthetic parts are the easier parts, in my opinion. It's, it's understanding how to bring all of these pieces together to create solutions that actually makes sense, that have value, that it's not, we're not trying to put a square peg into a round hole. It, it, it's really creating stuff that is useful to those uh, communities. But when we go back to the solve, is really bridging that gap. And I feel like there's, people are either, sometimes they, they can get a little worried, am I doing enough? to create the solution that I really want, um, or maybe they just need, they, they need help and they don't know how to, to sort of solve some of these things. And, and, and a lot of that really I think is having the right team, um, having the right people that really understand a lot of this qualitative, it's qualitative. It's, it's not black and white, it's not a checklist. And this is what makes it sometimes difficult to bridge that gap. And so for those who are also, I think, moving really fast and not thinking about how this impacts people, I, I do think they're having some consideration and mindfulness could really go a long way. I totally agree because there's two worlds here, right? There's the... You know, we, a lot of times you think technology, technical aspects, technical components, you're talking about the analytical part of your mind. But when you're talking about design, you really get it into that creative part of your, your mind. It's two different worlds, right? And then how do you intertwine those things? So I like the fact that you're sitting at the table when the designers uh, are, are putting something together and then have to make it technically feasible. <laughs> How do you make it technically uh, feasible? 
And how does that make sense? And then understanding from a cultural standpoint, what are some of the possible reactions you're going to get from a particular design? What is that going to look like? Uh, how is that going to be perceived or received? Then we started getting into, you know, to brands. And I, I think this is one of the biggest leap. I'm looking forward to what I would call a, a more of a three-dimensional intertwined re- relationship with clients. When you look at right now, if you go to my website, it's going to be a two-dimensional layer. There's going to be some print. There's going to be some picture. And there's going to be some video for motion. And there's going to be more of a brochure page, you know, for each different service. Whereas as you translate that into a three-dimensional virtual experience, now that uh, individual experience, he can that person, he or she, can go into that experience and be fully immersed in what I'm talking about. And, and it's less interpretation and, and more engagement. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And I think the value of 3D, of virtual reality, and a lot of these more immersive experiences is is really significant. We're also looking at how the brain connects in in that environment, right? So on a two-dimensional level, we at least in my experience working on the, I would say the instructional and learning experience side of things, we, we spent a lot of time talking and thinking about the, the human brain and cognition. Um, and with that, we can learn things faster because we're really tapping into, um, in, into the deeper parts of the brain and that spatial computing, that technology, especially the virtual reality headset, really helps to tap into a lot of that. Um, that that's sort of in, in the layman's terms, right? Um, but really and truly, yes, if we have access to these experiences, it's great. But I also think having layers of experience allows accessibility. So, yes, having the, the hard copy brochures, having the um, the transcripts and and um, transcripts and other text available for those um, who may have um, difficulties with with hearing um, and and having uh, things for is it accessible via assistive technologies for people that need screen readers? Um, not everyone can function optimally in virtual and th- uh, three-dimensional environments. There's simulator sickness. And actually, a lot of women are more prone to it, or people that identify as women because of a smaller interpupillary distance between their eyes um, and, and not necessarily having headsets that fit that fit their eyes appropriately. Uh, so there's, there's all these different things to think about. And I think having all these different layers of access makes it makes your experience or experiences that anyone creates more accessible to a wider range of people. I think one of the last things I will say about this really is just not one design will not solve every problem in the world. And, and that's, one of the, that's one of the things that's really important. It will not solve everything that's going on. And it w- may not fit every piece of what is needed, but by adding the dimensionality onto the design, 
you definitely increase the chances of success with the, any particular uh, idea or design. Yeah, the more universal it is, user adoption, I think, is, is critical. Uh, and you'll see, you'll still see, even if, let's say, you, you can't adopt virtual, uh, you don't, maybe you don't have even access to a VR headset, but you still want to experience, you can still experience it two-dimensionally on a computer or cell phone. You're going to probably have different types of user experience, different types of immersions. You see that even, even now that uh, you'll create content for mobile. You'll keep create content specifically for viewing on a, a, a desktop or, or, or a laptop. There's different, and that's where the designers have to take all those things into account. What is the viewpoint that you're having? Because if you create fantastic content, but you know, a vast majority of your user base can't enjoy it, then you know it could be looked upon as a uh, as a failure in certain in certain aspects. So I think that that's what you brought up is super super important. So talking about that because I, I feel your passion and your energy, and that that's coming through. You know this interview. So I figure, what, how do you like what in your life that you have passionate energy for that's become a part of your brand is what we're talking about in this discussion. I would definitely say travel. So I think about travel as travel is one of the things I feel in life that makes you wealthier and wealthier in not in necessarily in a monetary sense, but it is knowledge and experience that keeps on giving. When I travel to different places, I just learn so much more. I learn about people, I learn about culture, I learn about environment. Um, I learn about how I view myself in that environment and how that environment views me. You, it, it's just so multidimensional. And I also feel that you learn more about people. When I design, I feel like I have almost like this repository, right? Of all these experiences, of all this travel. And I've been to over 50 countries in the world in many continents. So I've, I, I am a very extensive traveler, right? Um, what I think about is I think about how would someone in this type of community use my product or a design? How would this be, add value to their lives? Would this type of solution work? Does it have to be digital? Does it have to be 3D? And not everything has to be um, because we're really looking at how we are enabling people to do something more. Travel is inherently in my blood, as I would say. Um, and there's R&R related to travel, right? You, it, there's a lot of great things with travel, but really travel for me is a lens. It, it's giving me, uh, allow me to widen my perspective and understand more. And when I travel, I try not to look at only one perspective. I'm very intentional about the experiences that I pursue in in, in these different countries. It's, I want to see the culture as it is. I want to see 
yes, you see all the nice things, but you want to see what's real. What is real? What is a heartbeat? What is the soul of that particular environment? Because that allows me to, I feel, have more authentic information about culture, that those cultures, those populations. And that helps me as I create to think more holistically um, when I'm creating for someone else. I love how you brought that up as far as travel, because some of us, you know, don't have that luxury of being able to go to all these different places and really, I call enjoy humanity, enjoy life. And there's so many different ways of of experiencing this earthly world, right? And if you can put that into a way, and I've seen this even with elderly people, they they go, they we put them on a VR headset, right? Or they may be going through dementia or or, or something out of fact, or just you know elderly, and you want them to have a pleasant experience, and being able to transport somebody visually to let's say you're going to go to Southeast Asia and you actually can walk along a family with a family on their just their daily activities their daily chores and just and have that you know immersed experience like that so i want the audience to understand that there's many many use cases when it comes to what we can do with um this type of technology, this type of design. And when you have someone like yourself who has the vision and understanding, like, you know, this is something people I think would, would enjoy because I certainly did. And if I can bring that back in any kind of way on a mass scale, you know, we begin to appreciate other people and not let our perceptions get ahead of us because we really don't know you know, until, you know, uh, allow that person to define themselves instead of us trying to define them. Um, would you like to, I, I want to ask you one more question. And that is because you, you're on top of a lot of things. How do you stay on top of all the different changes? Because technology changes at a blink of an eye. So I would definitely say that one is every day, I make a conscious effort to learn something new every day. Learning is uh, is definitely critical in, I think, in technology because it just moves very quickly. But collectively, I'm really intentional about it. I'm intentional and even strategic about what it is that I'm learning. So I sit at an intersection of design and technology and and. A lot of the design that I do is not only operational or tactical, but I would say a larger portion of it in, in the work that I do in, in, uh, as a founder of, of an organization is really uh, focused around strategic design. And so all of those layers I, that affect what it is that I'm doing, I, I learn about it. I almost look at it as like, I think of it as there's a a large body of water and then you think of all of these little rivers that connect into it. And so let's say that I'm positioned where the large body of water is and I'm involved with all these different dimensions of design and culture and technology and strategy and advisory and 
sustainability and the environment, all of these pieces. And these, all of these pieces may be like these little rivers. They are necessary. And so I look at it as I would, I need to learn more about all of these little veins, all of these little rivers. And that's where I say I'm intentional and strategic about what it is I'm learning. And sometimes you may realize that I thought these were the rivers or these little veins, but maybe there's a new one. So I start exploring or I hear something and then I'm like, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know how that connected. And you, you go on a path of exploration and you start to learn more, talk to people. So that's sort of how I stay on top of it. There's not one, one book, one source, one, <laughs> one channel that will give you that knowledge. It's just, I have books. I have so many books. Uh, I'm not really a through reader. So I don't, I don't usually have a book and then I read all the way through 500 pages or whatever. I read sections and I digest that section and then I try to apply it. That's sort of how I do things. Um, but I read books, I read articles and research and, and then I watch YouTube videos and I talk to people and I travel the world. And this is how I, I stay on top of my uh, knowledge in, in this evolving uh, world of digital technology, metaverse, design, sustainability, mindfulness. I'll tell you, this has been a wonderful interview. And this is the point in my show. I always want to unplug. I want you to speak directly to my audience. Speak to that, 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 that student uh, that's out there, that young careerist that's out there, that young you know, person of color that, that, that's a woman that that's sitting there like, what are my opportunities? What are my chances to 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 work in this world of high technology and this change that is going is taking place in our society? As I look out and I see all these big tech companies, maybe they're in Silicon Valley and whatnot, and I don't see people exactly that look like me that's out there. What words of encouragement or aspirations would you like to leave with us? Sure. I would first and foremost say that everyone has something to offer and everyone is skillful and have insight or has insight into something very specific. And I think part of that is just understanding and learning about yourself and what it is that you you're good at or what it is that you want to learn. When I started into, I, I never saw myself as a tech person. That's a really interesting part of it. I didn't start in tech. People would talk about tech and I felt like, okay, tech is like not me. And somewhere along the line, over time, I realized that I am in tech. I do, I can succeed in tech. And I just started doing little things at a time, get involved in volunteer work, um, go to boot camps on coding, go online. There's so much now that wasn't there when I was going to school. Um, you can go on YouTube, you can go and find all of these different resources out there and start learning and then start experimenting and trying and then commit, commit to it and, and then put the work in behind it and, and you will see it grow. I, every year 
I see exponential growth in what it, it is I was doing from the previous year. And I think if you can see that and, and, and set these goals for yourself, that tech is not exclusive to specific audiences. Whether you have that access or not, make the access, find out, get involved. Um, there and there and find a mentor. I think having a mentor is really critical. Find someone that you can relate to that is willing to work with you and 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 guide you. Those are words of great wisdom. Thank you uh, very much for this interview, Natasha. And for for our audience, if they want to get in touch with you, touch with you, what is the best way? Sure. You, you can find me on LinkedIn at Natasha Rapsat. I also have my uh, two different websites, my personal website, natasharapsat.com, and also my, my business, uh, which is called NAR Creative, N-A-R-Creative.com. Now, NAR Creative, a, per, uh, you know, a potential client would get in touch with you. Why? What, what would be the reason why they would engage with you? Well, we would first and foremost, they are generally interested in mindful, sustainable, and responsible immersive design. I would help them with strategy, design strategies um, to enable their organization to meet their immersive design goals. I also conduct advisory, so advisory around design immersive te- use of immersive technologies plug in basically plugging in and ensuring there's it um, it works and it's mapped well across the, your organization and enterprise and the last thing that I also do is I do support select uh, immersive experiences what do you mean by select immersive what does that mean like I would I would work uh, uh, from a design point of view on the creation, building some of those layers of design to help to build an, an experience. So, on the, but more from that creative lens. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So we definitely need to find out more. You want to get in tune with Natasha Rapset for, for certain, if you're going to take on it an endeavor or just want to learn more about this technology and this new way that's taking place. So, Thank you very much. I want to tell the audience you can tune in to all the episodes of Follow the Brand at www.5starbdm. And that's B for brand, D for development, and for masters.com. Until next time, thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Grant. <laughs>